Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. Okay, we're going to be talking about metrosexual evolution and influence. So what is a metrosexual? Well, we'll have to go and break it down. But basically back in the 90s, it was started to, people started to realize that there's these men out there that are um, young. They have a lot of money. Uh, They uh, live in uh, the metropolis areas. They live in the downtown areas because that's where all the best shops, the clubs, the gyms, the hairdressers are. And uh, he might be officially gay, he might be straight, or he might be bisexual, but it's really, back then, it's, it was immaterial because he's, they clearly taken themselves as their own love object and pleasure as their own sexual preference. So what that means is they just threw out all the boundaries, they threw out all the value systems, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing it, but, but what they did is they basically said, everybody is a sexual object to me. I'm going to get my way. I'm going to get what I want. And, uh, you know, they, they migrated back then, and some still do, because they're still around. They're just in a different form. With The label of a metrosexual, once again, is, is not being used in this day and age. But, but this is what kind of started a trend of effeminate males. And, and this effeminate male uh, who profess oftentimes to be straight or in the closet or whatever, but they basically threw out all the boundaries and they, and they, they migrated to uh, modeling, waiting tables, media, pop music, and then sports. They started to get into sports that seemed to attract them. Um, then the uh, male vanity products and, and uh, just like that and just like herpes, they pretty much went everywhere all over. And basically a lot of this uh, framed up in Europe with the males in Italy and France in some parts of Europe where that uh, that uh, migration to that image of what they look like and they were so polished and perfect hair and and smell good and all that stuff that a lot of that came from that European influence that, that long lasted and long has been around in France and Italy but it made itself known into America and so you know these uh, basically young narcissistic people were immortalized as as, as uh, you know, back in uh, Freud's day, as a personality d- disorder, and it's not unfair uh, that some status to to, to the metrosexual uh, is there, and in a world that is increasingly driven by social and community awareness, dedicating our lives to look and walk like uh, Austin Powers back then, had real seeds of triggering off. A regressive evolutionary step. So increasingly fueled by the fashion and the leisure industry, glossy magazines for men, advertisements carefully designed to sublimely merchandise metrosexual lifestyle almost certainly have had a very profound effect on today and today's youth and alienating them from today's real life issues that matter. And a lot of this gets in the way because it's about image. It's about following the crowd. It's about 
one-upping one another. And if you go into uh, high schools these days, you're going to see a lot of kids that actually, though they don't know the label of a metrosexual, agree with it. They have they have lots of discussions about blended sexuality where where it's either man or woman, guy or girl, it's irrelevant. A lot of the things, if you look at kids uh, just shopping for kids' clothing these days, it's hard to tell the difference uh, besides the very, very young kids, the babies. It's really hard to tell the difference between what is a boy's uh, clothing and a girl's clothing. I mean, the two, the, the defined role of a man and a woman these days is entirely out the door from what traditionally came about uh, back in the 50s and the 60s and on back in through there. You know, um, this is really an interesting thing, but the development of ourself in, in a metrosexual framality uh, gets arrested into the level of obsessive self-love. And, and so, you know, it's, 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 it's almost political correctness sustained by our media's dependence on advertisements as its life bed that the media and advertising has put that role out there of the effeminate male uh, to break those barriers and market to a different audience. And it, and it made a quantum leap back in the 90s and the 2000s for the fashion industry, you know, and, but it's a step back or, uh, for the postmodern psyche because minds that could have been better utilized for real issues facing mankind got focused on more situational narcissism and, and which, uh, you know, uh, Robert Millman, which was a professor of uh, psychiatry, um, basically describes it as being triggered and supported by celebrity-obsessed society, fans, assistants, tabloid media, all play to the idea that the person really is vastly more important than other people, triggering a narcissistic problem that might have been only a tendency or latent, and it just blew it up into basically a social personality disorder. But these days, these days, they've sort of disappeared and changed. So we have to wonder, what? What happened to the metrosexual? Uh, you know, uh, you know uh, it, it derived from words metropolitan and, heterose- and heterosexual, which is metrosexual. And it's, um, you know, it, it became associated with the straight men like Dave Beckham, George Clooney, uh, even President uh, Clinton and Barack Obama. And like most popular trends, the advertisers were quick to exploit and cash in on metrosexual phenomenon. And, and companies back then launched guerrilla marketing campaigns that targeted untapped demographics of men who are effeminate or gay or bisexual, but were more identified with fashion and hair and, and how they looked. And we're going to talk about the characteristics of what someone is that it started to be a metrosexual, but has evolved into more of an effeminate man. Now, uh, so, you know, this term metrosexual came to be associated more with straight men, but they were really very easy to be categorized. Typically, the metrosexual was far more in love with themselves than they were with an, a man or a woman. And there was a strong dense, uh, sense, once again, of narcissism of, of the metrosexual man. And it freed them from the preconceptions of what it meant to be a man. And it, it allowed them to be just what they wanted to be, which was free, free of all boundaries. So, you know, uh, a metrosexual was just as comfortable debating the uh, the merits of uh, Giorgio Armani or Tom Ford as he was uh, masculine things. 
you know, uh, like, uh, do the Cowboys, are they going to win in the playoffs this year or whatever? You know, they, they had an avoidance of femininity. And, uh, you know, traditional men had an avoidance of femininity, restricted emotions, sexually disconnected from intimacy, pursuits of achievement and status, self-reliance, strength, aggression, homophobia. All those were out the door when it came to the metrosexual. And these days, some of that has stuck. And that has evolved into the man we're starting to see today, the more of the men that we're starting to see today. You know, um, they were not responsible for bringing up a new gender revolution. They certainly succeeded in, in encapsulating a revolution. But the term, once again, is, is out. And many of the changes associated with the met- metrosexual movement have survived. And fortunately, the, the post-metrosexual man is left with a more dynamic understanding of his masculine identity and has far more options in how he chooses to express it. There's a lot more subtleness in the idea of what a metrosexual person does in these days. You know, uh, characteristics, they're telltale signs of a person back then that was a metrosexual. And once again, we still see them in today's day. You know, um, the, the, the care of your skin was a big deal. If they had rigorous skin care routine that consisted of exfoliation, toner, moisturizer, other products, there's a good chance that that person was a metrosexually uh, metrosexual. There's certainly nothing wrong with wanting to take care of your skin, and but because doing so will keep you look young for years to come. But one of the secrets of appearance, you know, was to look even greater in the golden years with solid uh, skincare regimen. Well, nobody wants to look old, and yes. There is people now, there are men now that do take better care of their skin than they were back then. And that is a good thing. That certainly is a good thing. And so, once again, the metrosexual took it more to the extreme. And we've kind of moved a little closer to the middle, which is the way things tend to do. They get extreme and then they go closer to the middle, but they've changed people. And that's how we evolve. And that's a good thing. You know, another sign is they look in the mirror constantly uh, for and checking out their appearance in the mirror. And if they couldn't stop looking at themselves when they passed in a mirror, because that was something that they needed to do to make sure they always check themselves out, just like women do all the time. You know, not all the time. And once again, there's a lot of generalization when you talk about this topic. People are gray. They're not black and white. And the label, I hate that label of a metrosexual, but once again, that was a trendy label that came about and it was a revolution which changed men. And it also changed women by having to adapt to a large portion of men who were effeminate and who were competing for fashion and who could actually carry on uh, women type of conversations uh, regarding fashion and all kinds of things, things on TV, trends. Uh, they could talk about a lot of things. And traditionally, men weren't were stoic. Men, men were less conversational. And so what's interesting is that role has been squashed in today's society. And even in today's corporate world, men are required to communicate far more than they ever did uh, far more, less authoritarian and more uh, democratic, more seeking others' uh, opinions and more, let's talk about it, let's pick up the phone, let's get something done, let's talk about it on Skype or whatever. But they communicate, men communicate a lot more. And that's partly because of this revolution, which was very important. It also, uh, 
they are obsessed with their appearance. And um, so they look at themselves in the mirror. Uh, they own at least uh, usually five pairs of fashionable shoes and uh, usually more than the average men. And uh, they're typically uh, uh, they're men who, uh, the things that women love and go crazy for. There are men who love them too, and that's that's uh, not just shoes. I mean, great fashion accessory is something that they migrated toward. Also, intense love of shopping. Metrosexual men simply help can't help themselves when it comes to shopping, especially when it's for clothes. That was back then. And some of it is today, but if you could spend hours in clothing stores trying on different things, you definitely want to least consider uh, yourself as a man being a metrosexual. They also can never get a- enough of going to the mall and are almost certain, you know, they almost browsing through clothing stores and other places. A-, a love of shopping is definitely one of their characteristics. Also, shaving body hair, guys who shave their chests are almost certainly uh, metrosexuals. Usually they just have a little bit of hair chest uh, on their chest and they want to be smooth. And it seems like you're constantly shaving and trimming your body hair, you're probably leaning more towards the effeminate male. Uh, you know, all, a lot of guys, are even more certain, uh, sometimes they will use feminine products to relieve the hair off their body. <laughs> they also have lots of bath and shower products. And uh, and so, you know, if you're dating a fully fledged metrosexual, if you were back then, uh, you would be a very fashionable couple. (laughs) So, you know, and so it was about how you looked and what what kind of uh, places you went and the friends that you had, because people did not want to be uh, cooked up uh, with people that are boring or ugly or uh, out of fashion, or uh, different. Uh, they wanted to be in in the middle of the crowd. They wanted to be in the middle of getting lots of attention with their appearance and their their clean looks, and uh, making themselves very, very uh, looked very, very successful in the lots of people's eyes. But um, you know, they loved manicures and pedicures, and so guys have done that these days. As a matter of fact, women often check out men's fingers because they're afraid that the rest of their body based on their fingers it's going to tell them how they take care of the rest of their body so men will do that and yes they believe me you see them i see them all the time in getting their petties and their man manicures and uh there's also uh uh um part of the whole obsession with it is uh constant fussing with their girlfriend or their wife so uh, they have or their boyfriend or whatever, but they're always fussing, fuss, fuss, fuss. Nothing is ever good enough. And so they're, they're, it's part of this whole obsession with their appearance, and they just don't want anything to get in the way of how they appear as a person. So, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good, but spending a few extra dollars on your haircut might actually be a pretty good idea. But they, these folks had the nicest hair. Uh, they, 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 if you look at the early on uh, MTV videos, uh, you will see hair that, yes, today we see wild and crazy hair. But back then it was all kinds of different fashionable hairdos for men was in the, in the, in the running there. So, you know, um, metrosexual guys were more cleaner, more self-confidence uh, than non-metrosexuals. But the evolution has taken place. 
And so now what we see these days is what's more called a progressive male, um, which is a much better term. It's because metrosexual has a negative connotation and it's often uh, stigmatized when in reality, it just means that you like to take care of yourself. You know, thankfully, the term itself is slowly almost gone completely and getting comfortable with caring about their appearance and people have become more accustomed to men acting this way to the point now that when you call someone, a, a, you know, a a metrosexual, you could be considered homophobic because you're associating the behavior with this person that carries out to be uh, homosexual and uh, personal disdain. They're they're not trying to be gay. They're just trying to be more in tune with life and more in tune with the relationships and the communication styles and the expectations involved in living life. Um, in and today with the internet and shopping on the internet, people have everything at their fingertips. You know, it's really important to understand that male progression is is really a cool thing. Traditionally, men were ranked according to their social power, but we're seeing nowadays, in the last two two or three decades, men being uh, ranked more and more the same as women by how they look. And and, uh, oftentimes, uh, men who are out of shape have trouble getting jobs. Uh, men who don't take care of themselves have trouble getting work. Uh, you know, what was considered, there's lots of people that live like a man's man, and I'm, believe me, I'm, I'm not against that either. I'm a, I, love, I love all people to be whatever they want to be. But now we have people that are introspecting, looking inside themselves and trying to self-discover without shame and guilt in trying to bring out effeminate features and masculine features. And there's no, once again, black and white. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about more about the evolution of the progressive male. Come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to transform your life. Start by tuning in to The Glenise Show with Glenise Hughes. Glenise combines business, relationships, wealth, life, and a whole lot of magic to create abundance and prosperity in every part of your life. It's all done through straight and often frank discussions in the best way that Glenise knows how. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Master your life with The Glenise Show. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone. 
and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about the evolution of the metrosexual through to the progressive male. You know, it's interesting, you know, aspiring to become a man of beauty is not only acceptable, it's even desired by men in the 21st century. Uh, constant reinforcement by the media, the, the 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 types of movies that we see, the way movies are played. I mean, uh, I would look at the guy that's in like Deadpool, the guy that does that. He he's very effeminate, uh, but he's masculine at the same time. Uh, you know, back then, uh, one of the turning points was Mark Wahlberg uh, doing the Calvin Klein underwear. Um, you know, it, it's just amazing. The, the, the image of what a man was and what it has become these days, it's softened up so much. And actually, it's, it's, and it's, uh, it's just accepted and it's understood that that's the way it's going to be. And, and through change, that the man's roles become blurred. And that means that there are no real role models for men these days because they don't know what is acceptable. It's really hard to understand, you know, what kind of man are you? Well... I don't know because everything's changed, you know. What used to be masculine is feminine and what's feminine is ma- – I mean, it, it's all over the place. And so for people to try to figure out who they are, they're going to have to do it individually and stop modeling themselves after other people. And so we're seeing a lot of people in this world individuate very uniquely and uh, we as people – are being forced to stop labeling and start accepting people as they are, which is a great thing because it relieves the world of prejudice, which is a good thing. And 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 to do that, we all of a sudden start looking at each person as a person rather than a label. And so it's really hard for people. And what's interesting, it's really hard for people to project a negative uh, on people that are uh, gay or a label on people that are effeminate because these days people just don't seem to accept it. And that is an evolution that is important. And once again, a lot of that started back with that metrosexual. That's where it all started and it just threw it out in our face and it made us rethink the roles of the man and the woman. You know, um, what's also becoming uh, more and more is that house husbands are around. Men are, are raising their children and the women are working. And uh, and also uh, there's oftentimes there's still a breadwinner in a gay family where one stays home and the other goes to work. 
But, you know, what's interesting also with the metrosexuals is when they get together, they actually have more income together than the traditional male and female. Uh, two men together often earn much more in a household than two women together or a man and a woman. There, so that was another uh, uh, attraction to that lifestyle was that it, it would give you more. It would give you more money. It would give you more stability. It would give you more income. And uh, But it makes dating a very complicated process because you never know what you're going to get. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really hard for a person to be monogamous if their attraction is to all kinds of different things. And so uh, that is a very intimidating factor in people that want to have a family and get married and be in a committed relationship. You know, but all things considered... You know, uh, what makes it tough for any guy to understand is the limits of, of beautifying how, what the limits should be. And where do you cross the line between necessary self-maintenance and over-the-top narcissistic behavior? You know, narcissistic behavior is correlated with obsessions, obsessions and compulsions, the need to do something for the way you are seen, the kind of car you drive, the kind of clothes you have, the kind of suit you wear. You know, it's not acceptable to just be baggy jeans and a t-shirt and all that kind of stuff for uh, men that are uh, used to be, for men that were more effeminate. But now, men that are more effeminate do wear baggy shirts and they have the beards and they, they do wear the, the t-shirts and they wear all kinds of different things because that means they've kind of dumbed down, not dumbed down, but toned down that approach of the metrosexual and turned it more into a blended, I'm just a man who happens to like this and happens to like that, and and, and that's just the way that goes. You no longer see a lot of uh, people buying cologne uh, for men as they used to. That market is is gone way down because men don't do that anymore that much, um, nor do women. You know, uh, all things considered, though, we've, we've broken down of uh, uh, the sense of what a man is. So what, once again, w let's look at the thing called, there's a term that's called manscaping. And, uh, you know, don't you don't want to be like uh, uh, the guy like, uh, I don't know if anybody remembers Austin Powers. He had this big bushy uh, thing on his uh, his uh, <laughs> his chest. It was like a bad sponge, and it it would it looked like it could take in all kinds of nasty uh, odors and things like that, collect food, whatever. But um, you know the these kind of guys uh, that kind of went as a trend. As part of after the uh, metrosexual evolved, that was kind of the next trend of what a man was. He was still a man, but he would and he would exemplify and personify his ugly man features like the hairy chest and uh, then try to embrace that as a sense of sexy. And so that that turned uh, the metrosexual upside down because that was so contra fashionable but it also spurred another revolution of people who just kind of busted out and and were more of the nerdly people and they busted out a whole different way of masculinity the other thing is um what's interesting also these days is that people that are young especially young teenagers and people in their 20s their 30s and some people that are even older than that use video games as relaxation they use it as their social place and it's a place where they can jump from one friend to another and they always have a social network because people are all over the world on these video games playing and so there's always someone available and so people that need people people that are lonely 
they evolve into the video games, but what happens is they're not out there in the world that much. They're more into the where they live and they're more secluded and they don't make as many friends out in the real world. So now that factor of that that meaning to be socially accepted is no longer as big because now we see kids just wearing whatever they're comfortable with. You know, and, and they find something nice, but it's comfortable. It's comfortable. And that's what's so important to them nowadays. Rather than fashionable, it looks cool. It looks chic. It looks fun, but it's comfortable. And so that is the big thing where we're seeing kids go these days. And unfortunately, they spend so much time online playing the games, their social life in real life and their social skills and their emotional intelligence does not get to evolve as strongly as it does for the responsibility of having one-on-one -on -one relationships with people. You know, uh, um, as far as the evolution, the, the, the clothes, you know, uh, uh, nowadays people in the killer threads, you know, they might make fun of you. <laughs> so, you know, because you look like you're uptight or not comfortable. And so uh, what's happened also is the ties uh, have gone away. People don't wear ties anymore. Guys don't wear ties that often. They're always got, they get the unbuttoned shirt and the suit or the casual jacket with the jeans. Uh, that's oftentimes now what men have evolved to less fashionable, more comfortable, uh, semi-professional looking, and that's okay. And so that's good because that takes kind of the stress level off of having to get your clothes on in the morning and actually be uncomfortable stuck in some suit that may or may not fit you anymore depending on how big your body size is, depending on the season of, of when you have to wear it. You know, uh, shoe shining and all that kind of stuff, that used to be a big deal. But uh, And dry cleaning, that used to be a big deal. These days, it's not as important. Also, uh, getting uh, 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 ready before you get up in the morning, that was often a characteristic of the metrosexual. Also, uh, now, men are uh, hyper-masculine. So you see lots of men with beards and mustaches and in fashionable beards, fashionable mustaches. Uh, they will use that as a way to personify their, either their femininity, their originality, or their masculinity. And, uh, you know, smell is a big deal when it comes to attraction. So the guy who's clean uh, with, uh, you know, that smells semi-good, that wears deodorant, you know, if they have a fragrance, it's usually themselves. But some people will put, you know, like cologne on their shirts or whatever. That's a good thing. That's self-maintenance. That's personal hygiene. And that's where the balance has come in uh, to where uh, men that are more progressive now have have come around and are developing uh, a sense of themselves from from uh, being less extreme and less ego centered. All right, now there's biology also. You know, uh, do women who uh, attract men prefer a macho, masculine appearance? Well, or is a gentler, more feminine face ideal? Well. The, in the rest of the animal kingdom, the answer is really clear. Males with exaggerated masculine traits, for example, show plumage of a bird of paradise or a puffed up chest of a silver, like a silverback gorilla. 
you know, they're luckier in love. And this is like because there is a link between the macho traits and the health and vigor. So the preference of macho masculine traits is a preference for a male who will make a good biological father. Well, think about it. We do not live in a dangerous day and age. We're not living in a dangerous time. We, we are safe. And so the, the need for a woman to actually need a really masculine male is unless they live a dangerous lifestyle, that's not out there. It's not necessary. And so men are trying to reshape themselves from that masculine image in a dangerous world to a more progressive image of what it what you can be as a man you can explore yourself more in what you want what your choices are how you want to represent yourself and once again that's a, that's a good thing that's that's a progressive evolution of men you know uh, uh, in our own species you know unsurprisingly the story is more complicated women prefer used to prefer tough guys and others would prefer more sensitive types. Why? It would be because women face a trade-off of when choosing a mate. In some circumstances, masculine qualities are more valuable. In others, more feminine partner might be the better choice. So, the re- you know, if you look at research, it consistently has shown that women prefer, over time, masculine women men for a short-term fling and then for mar- then for marriage, and perhaps uh, because macho men are generally less committed, and they're more black and white thinking, and they're more about being a man, and less about communication. And generally, women uh, most prefer back then males that were uh, moderately masculine. Very masculine or feminine faces were less appealing. However, the degree of Masculinity in a woman preferred a man's face depending on what her own characteristics were. For if, for example, you know, compared to women who are exclusively attracted to men, women who are also somewhat attracted to women rated masculine faces less attractive and feminine faces more attractive in the studies that were conducted. And also, women also differ uh, differed in their preferences according to their own self-rated attractiveness. So women who thought they were high in attractiveness didn't find feminine male faces very attractive at all, but less uh, attractive women rated them moderately appealing. Both self-rated attractive and self-rated unattractive women in most of these studies agreed that moderately masculine men were most appealing and that very masculine men were slightly less so. So uh, in the studies, women who had a high sensitivity to disgust uh, who were repulsed by situations and stimuli that could uh, lead to to infection tend to prefer moderately masculine men, but really didn't like either feminine or very masculine. So you know it's very interesting because these studies that show that women are not preferring a binary trade-off; they're preferring more macho men in one situation and less macho men in another. And so you know their personal uh, circumstances also affect their decisions. But today, at least young women have a very different aesthetic appreciation of men, both in the West and the East. Women are actually becoming increasingly fond of effeminate men rather than masculine men. And the trend is most evident among male pop stars and male 
uh, characters in popular TV uh, shows and, and also in various countries. It also seems to go against common sense. Like according to uh, – if you look – and I did a show on this – evolutionary psychology women are supposed to fall for masculine men but masculinity conveys the message of more power greater possibility of survival better access to resources indicating a better life guarantee for women who have conceived and and want to raise children but uh, in new york university and princeton got together in 2011 and they showed that a long-term evolutionary instinct was changing gradually and, and they showed that more than a thousand facial images of the opposite sex to male and female participants. And the picture had been airbrushed to make them look either more effeminate or more masculine. And it turned out that men and women both had greater fondness for feminine facial images of the opposite sex, suggesting masculine men are not as popular as before. The traditional view has been challenged also in the research. Participants in the research were also shown pictures of many groups of men of different races and religions. In each group, there were three pictures of the same man that had been airbrushed, one to look more masculine, the seven more feminine, and the third most sexless. And participants were women from rural and urban areas in different countries such as the U.S., Russia, and China. And the result was that urban women favored faces of masculine men more while women from rural or less developed regions favored men with effeminate faces. And that goes against all traditional views of evolutionary psychology, you know, uh, according to which masculine men should be more popular in less developed areas where women need strong men to protect uh, their children. But what's interesting is there's a huge revolution going on even in China and in Asia where women are looking more towards the ma- the feminine male as instead of the masculine male, which is breaking all kinds of traditional uh, Asian uh, cultural uh, uh, legacies and habits and uh, and just the cultural perspective of what a male should be in their culture. So it, it's it's a very interesting phenomenon that's taking place. Another reason for change could be the increased uh, equality between our sexes. You know, the laws have tightened enormously. Corporate uh, uh, policies and guidelines have tightened very quickly uh, in the last 20 to 30 years, and it makes uh, more increasingly uh, contributions to sharing more responsibility of society. So both sexes can freely develop their individuality despite traditional gender restrictions. And as a number of tough guys gradually reduce women's preference also will change because there's not as many of them out there therefore they need to look for something different to be attracted to in other words social factors uh, behind the phenomenon of women women favoring effeminate men is very complex but there is no such a thing as uh, unchanged nature or a value uh, that's going to stay the same people evolve over time Look at the Renaissance and then the end of the Renaissance. There's always periods of life where things flow differently. And so this is one, and we live in that time. All right, come back. We're going to talk more about the history of the male and uh, also look at the sense of uh, looking at the feminine man from a man's perspective. Come back. (laughs) 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, now, you know, if you look back, many of you aren't going to remember, but, you know, there, there used to be these ads, like, with Charles Atlas showing a really scrawny guy having sand kicked in his face to, uh, you know, and I also showed... Uh, Henpecked husbands. What's henpecked means that their wife is the domineering factor in the marriage. Uh, they long faced a lot of shame back then for being that way. And societal norms dictated that men should be masculine and be powerful. And uh, men who fell short of those ideas might be prompted to reassert their masculinity in small but significant ways. And, and so that really bended the way people were having to develop as a man because their guilt and shame involved in not being masculine in the way that they personified themselves. And so, you know, they would be uh, encouraged to play up their manliness and reject 
feminine preferences. And so a lot of studies uh, found that, that male college students were given falsely low results on a, on a hand grip strength test, exaggerated their height by three quarters of an inch on the average and, and having more re- romantic uh, relationships. And they claimed to be more aggressive and athletic, but they showed less interest in stereotypical feminine consumer products. By contrast, men who received average score results, those uh, were uh, ma- their masculinity was therefore not threatened. And so they didn't have to exaggerate those characteristics. And uh, men were uh, who uh, were asserting their masculinity uh, was used as a signal of identity. And so, you know, that male identity, once again, with the metrosexual, it just got cracked wide open. And so it's very hard for us to understand what is acceptable in this day and age for a man to be a man. And what is a man? So, you know, uh, there's these gender ideals also that that women uh, have to live up to, you know, being uh, more people-focused, more nurturing. That's the tradition. Well, now you're seeing that in men also. And and if uh, women believe they're falling short of those expectations, they may make choices with uh, potentially negative consequences to demonstrate that they fit gender norms. And so, you know, gender norms is a very strange thing it, because it calls in enormous amounts of judgment, which makes people very ugly as people. You know, and research has shown that men are uh, under very strong uh, prescriptive norms to be a certain way, and they work hard to correct the image that they project when their masculinity is under a threat. However, in this day and age, we're starting to see that it's okay for them to be uh, feminine or masculine and people just have to deal with it. As a matter of fact, uh, with the revolution, the gay uh, revolution that's taken place and the homosexual and the bisexual and the metrosexual, all that stuff, with that revolution that's taken place over the past 30 years, um, there's a lot of guilt and shame involved in trying to press your masculine or feminine role on uh, your children or yourself. And what's interesting, or in other people especially, what's also interesting is a lot of parents are raising kids that don't even know what they are attracted to sexually. They don't know what they are as a man or a woman. They don't know what they want to be. Some of them feel like they're women. Some of them feel like they're men, but they got the, the opposite stuff going on. And right now, for those parents to, to try to mold them into a man or mold them into a woman and use corporal punishment such as the belt and, and spanking and hitting and all that kind of stuff, that, that's only going to suppress those children. And the laws in the land have tightened up around that. So what, what's basically taking place is you cannot force a child to want to be one way or the other sexually. You can't mold them into what you want them to be. They're still going to be what they're going to want to be. And there's enormous amount of social support, legal support, and life support around uh, rebelling against traditional images of men and women. And that's just the way we're headed these days. You know, uh, back then, unemployed men uh, were more likely to instigate violence against women. uh, And men who were not uh, their household's primary bed- breadwinner were less willing to share in housework duties. But these days, that's unacceptable. You can't just sit on your butt. It's, it's what marriage is these days with people in the last 30 years that were born and raised 
into their, you know, teenage years or in the last 30 years or their adult life has developed in the last 30 years. It's more about partnership and equality. It's not, and it's about equal parenting. It's about a sense of participation. It's about a sense of uh, love and an open love. I remember, I don't think my dad ever told me he loved me till I was probably 14 years old, maybe 15. And that was not because he didn't love me. It was because he wasn't supposed to tell me that. And so, you know, it, the breaking down of uh, what a man can show their children, what they can show their wife, what they can do out in public is is also being challenged and sometimes it's equated to being feminine. And so that uh, in itself is a work in progress. And once again, you have a lot of rural people that are going to be very uh, judgmental towards someone who breaks out of the role. But if you're living in a, a, a metropolis of some type, you know, a big city, uh, you're going to find that you're not able to challenge those uh, men and women uh, features, those traditional features that are out there. You know, uh, men have a lot of power in our society, but women do too. And if you look back just last year on the Me Too movement, that's another revolution. And did it go far? Yes, they always do. All revolutions go crazy and then they go towards the middle. But they make an impact and they make an impact on the way uh, women are perceived in the job. Now, last year, a lot of women uh, had a lot of negative connotations because employers were scared to hire them because they were scared they would do the Me Too thing, uh, sexual harassment. You know, maybe they felt their their uh, their work environment had not evolved fast enough. And so a lot of women were impacted by that movement. But also what's happening now is it's moving back towards the middle and it's a recognition that, hey, uh, we cannot prejudice against women. And, you know, at this point, it's just wrong to do sexual harassment in the workplace, period, for anybody, either way. So, you know, for a man to show uh, 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 their sensitive side is a good thing. And if you've seen one of the feminine guys, but one... Uh, and you find that they're attracted to girls, that can be very confusing. You know, I still, to this day, it can be very confusing to see a, a, a feminine guy with a wife and children. And it's like, wow, you know, how do they get it together? I mean, is that attractive? How do they find that attractive? But they find that attractive because they grew up in a time and a day where attractiveness is entirely different than what maybe I grew up in back in the dinosaurs, you know, uh, which is where I came from. You know, if we're wondering if people uh, see you as one of the feminine guys, there's a whole lot of signs. And this is just kind of sarcasm here. It's kind of being funny. If you look from a man's perspective, uh, so a guy is feminine. If they cry <laughs> in front of people, if they hold grudges, <laughs> that's a feminine feature. If they uh, sit in the passenger seat, that's like, whoa, dude, what are you doing? You, you're feminine. <laughs> also, if they, if they take selfies, if they like social media and they live and die by it, if they, if they care about their hair more than girls, if they have more girlfriends than guy friends, that's a good indication that they're a feminine guy. You know, guys look at them and go, uh, you wearing shorts that go above your knees? Hmm, that's not good. That's not, that's not, uh, that is a feminine. 
Also, uh, if they uh, take longer to get ready than a girl, that's an effeminate guy. So traditional guy is going to look at that and go, wow, dude, what are you doing? You know, if they skip, if they cross their legs, that's a good sign that that's an effeminate male. If they use emojis with their phones, if they wear pink and aren't tough, if they eat neatly, that is not a male, traditional male feature. If they decorate, um, if they um, do their dishes right away, that's a feminine feature. If they're at, if their outfit and their accessories all match, that's another effeminate feature. Uh, ooh, if they wear animal prints, that can be considered. Or if they drink cocktails, that could be another effeminate feature. You know, if they get butt hurt when people tease them, if they're oversensitive about everything, if they wear a sweater vest and, and V-necks, if they're too affectionate with their mother or they have a man purse or they gossip more than girls or they wax their eyebrows, that's another sign that that is a feminine male. And if you notice someone who is a, a, a great, like if you notice a woman with a great purse, that would be an effeminate male. Or if um, they only buy, buy name brands, that's another sign. If they're a wine connoisseur or if they uh, are a cry at chick flicks um, or if they have, a, 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 um, uh, they read like, um, uh, novels and, and weird stuff like that, especially romantic, like a Daniel Steele book, uh, that would be considered effeminate. Um, if they have a subscription to a magazine and it's not a man's magazine, that would be effeminate. Uh, if they want to do relationship talk on a date with a woman before the woman wants to talk about it, that would be considered effeminate. A, a, a Wearing skinny jeans, having a toy dog, a little dog that they carry around everywhere they go. If they use moisturizer, if they uh, like watching cat videos or just cats in general, or if they have super neat writing and they use it frequently on thank you cards to uh, and, and just checking in cards, that's an effeminate feature of a male. If they love malls, if they love plants and flowers and uh, like uh, they never owned an action figure or a plastic gun or if they uh, never leave the house without a sunscreen or if they fold their laundry to, on the edges or if they have workout outfits that are prettier than their girlfriends or your girlfriends, that's a sign of an effeminate progressive male. All right. That's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening. I would love to hear from you. D-R-G-B-M-F-T at S-B-C-Global.net. All right. Now, remember, the Bee Gees were the beginning of the metrosexual. And you might be a metrosexual if you like either Lady Gaga, Madonna, Britney Spears, Beyonce, Christina Aguilera, or all of them. <laughs> or you might be a metrosexual if you have more than one pair of designer underwear. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 